Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call and talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia, and today is August 6th, 2017. This is the 34th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. On today's episode, new Persona spinoff games have been announced in our headline roundup. Our main topic is the best game soundtracks from 2006 to 2013. We will get to your calls and then we'll end the show with a look at this month in gaming with August 2017. Let's do a bit of housekeeping, though. First, I am back from my vacation. I do apologize for the tardiness of uh, last week's episode. It was Friday, July 28th that I recorded with Logan Moore. That was a great episode, I think, overall. Um, Logan from Model Citizens Media. He's from DualShockers.com. It was a great discussion recorded Friday night. Got up way early on Saturday, edited it together, got the final video file ready just as I was about to board the plane, and then had little to no Wi-Fi or cell phone connection for the entire trip. Uh, a few days in, I was able to say, you know what, we'll just get the audio out there and do the video version later. But uh, you know, I was a bit dismayed with how that timing came together. I, and I, I tried to get it edited as soon as possible to, to get it out there, but uh, that did not work so much. So I do apologize for the tardiness of that one, especially if you were listening and you're like, these stories are a little old. What's the deal? So we're back at it here. And unfortunately, it's a slower week in gaming. Um, as far as other housekeeping, it involves uh, the house. Uh, my wife and I, we are clear to close on our place that we will be buying and living in. Uh, that will be August 15th is when we close. We get the keys. We do some painting for a couple weeks, getting things set up. Probably the very beginning of September is when we're going to move. And so that'll be a, an interesting time to juggle between podcasting and moving equipment and getting set up and if time will need to be taken for that. Uh, but that's a big, exciting change to get things set up on our own. Of course, we're going to have a production room like we currently do here. We're going to kind of build that up from scratch, have another green wall uh, with the same lights and all that. So it probably won't look too different uh, from where you're sitting, but it'll be exciting to get up and running there with a new entertainment center, all that good stuff. So big changes coming in life soon with that whole move. Uh, as far as what I'm playing, we don't have a guest today, so let's, I guess, we just continue the flow of conversation here. Uh, what I am playing, uh, I got to play some PlayStation Vita while I was away. You know, I missed some time with the Vita. My wife was playing Breath of the Wild on Switch, loved it. Uh, she's still going through it, uh, you know, trying to complete it, even tackling, like, oh, say, you know, the, the 40 stone taluses in the world or, or the Hinoxes and. Lionels and, and all that, but she did beat the game probably halfway through the shrines. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad she's digging into that. But I got to play Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. And if you're thinking, well, I don't remember that game, well, that's probably a good reason. It was a pretty forgettable Assassin's Creed game. Uh, this is the one that started on Vita in 2012, released in the same year as Assassin's Creed 3. And uh, there was an interesting bit with a mission where you visited. Connor or Rotan Akatun, I can't even remember. It's been years with the, the pronunciation of that particular assassin. That was from the Revolutionary Era in New York and New England, kind of that area. But this game took place down in New Orleans and the bayou there. So you had a bit of city, a bit of bayou, mixed it up. Interesting. Uh, not the best 
story overall. The main hook was that Aveline de Grand Prix uh, was the assassin, and she, which was a big deal at the time, you know, first female playable assassin main character, uh, she has three personas uh, where you could be a lady and, you know, walk prim and proper, but you couldn't climb on things, but you can charm uh, your different guards and whatnot. You have your assassin, which you could basically have, you know, free run. And then the slave persona where at the time, you know, slaves were prevalent and they could carry boxes to get past guards, look like they're doing work or, or blend in with those that are working around either the city or in the bayou. Uh, and she still had all, you know, the running and jumping sort of abilities, but low health as a result because you don't have armor. So interesting to play with those, but the overall story really didn't go anywhere. Had this odd fake ending. Uh, I've, it's, you're not missing too much if you miss out on that, but it was fun to play Assassin's Creed on the Vita. However, there were Vita specific features and it was the kind of time where you, th these games were trying to say, oh right, if this is on Vita, let's try to use the Vita's features. You had the front and rear camera, the front and rear touchpad you had uh, the gyroscope you had all sorts of things that whenever they used the vita's features it never worked it was just like oh this is awful and you know they did come out with an hd version of this game on ps3 which i i would recommend picking up because the gist of it if you're just looking to you know you're bored waiting for assassin's creed and you never picked that one up but you don't want to do the side scrolling chronicles and you maybe missed liberation i you know it, it's a fun little game to to play i think most of the the fun was having that in a handheld experience but minus the handheld features i yeah honestly one of the worst features in there was saying like oh you got a, a secret letter and so you got to hold it up to the light to decode the secret message but when that happens and if you put it up to like a light bulb or something like that the vita's auto camera kicks in so what is originally a very bright light just kind of auto focuses to like you know normal dark exposure and so you just end up like you're turning the vita you're trying to and it almost happens at random when it, it triggers and you have to swipe alongside a dial on the screen it's a mess like whenever it, you're reminded that it's the vita it's it's awful but the game fine uh story forgettable there's a reason why you don't remember assassin's creed 3 liberation but I, I did beat that. I did get the, the true ending, as it were. Uh, so that was interesting enough. And then I got back home and I played Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Uh, I've never really got on with the Resident Evil games. And I, I got a, a small bit into it. I got into the, the Jack Baker fight quite near the beginning. So I kind of got through the guest house tutorial section. But uh, when he comes hunting for you, it's just, it's not fun. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just like, nope. Not for me. I think I may be interested to kind of see like one of those cutscene movies on YouTube because, like, you know, Resident Evil lore, I'm sure, is certainly interesting. Uh, but these are not games for me. And when you take on the first boss and you're seeing the gun headshot loops and you're trying to wait for that, it's just like this isn't this isn't for me. And I'm sure it'd be more scintillating in VR. Uh, certainly, and, you know, there are a lot of people who have that game pretty high up on their game of the year discussion if they're big Resident Evil fans. But uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that it's, you know, kind of back to the survival horror roots. 
but just not the kind of gameplay for me. Uh, though I did like the exploration part. I think uh, they've built a really solid engine with that RE engine. Uh, Capcom hopefully can use that for some more realistic-like settings. Uh, but I'm interested to watch it, but I'm going to send that one back as a rental. So let's get to our headline roundup. In what was a slow week in gaming news, we had Persona spin-off games announced. They had a big Persona concert. We talked about it at the end of uh, our last episode in the headline roundup there. And it was interesting because, you know, with the delay in getting it out, it's we talked about it a bit before that there may be a new Persona Q announced. There may be a new Persona dancing game announced. And mostly right on that part. Uh, very interesting to see that, yes, Persona Q2 announced for Nintendo 3DS. Just really a splash screen with the chibi uh, Phantom Thieves logo with the hat and the, the kind of glasses, the, the Take Your Heart logo, a very chibi style there. Yeah, 3DS, I wish it were on Switch, but I do understand 3DS still is the bigger install base. The, the, it sold really well for their expectations for the first Persona Q game on 3DS, so uh, you know, keep that going. Maybe in the future you get a Switch port, uh, but not too much to be expected there. Uh, not it really said if it's going to be Persona 5 and 4 and 3, or just Persona 5, or what the deal is, so maybe we'll have to wait for a trailer there. Then not one, but two dancing games with Persona 5 Dancing Star Knight and Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight. Uh, very interesting to get the three game in there. Uh, you know, Persona 5 Dancing on Light, I think it was almost expected. Another, you know, surprising seller when it was just on Vita, but now these games will be on PS4 as well. Now, granted, because it was a Japan event, uh, announced for 2018, both of these games in Japan, PS4 and Vita, no word yet on localization. I'm sure that'll come at a later time. And if, you know, Persona 4 Dancing All Night came over here on just Vita, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see, you know, both games come over for PS4 and Vita. Uh, you know, those are pretty easy games to churn out and people may wonder why, why is it happening? And but you got to think Sega. Sega, the publishing arm, controls Atlas, and also they've been doing the Hatsune Miku dancing games. And when they had that, not really dancing, but you know, the, the Vocaloids sort of singing games, same sort of rhythm game with, you know, the arches. And then you have the three sort of dots in the corner. If you've seen the gameplay, it's very similar. You gotta imagine that it's just almost like a skin swap, at least for Persona 4 dancing all night. And like, well, let's keep it going. Let's get some more remixes in there. Uh, do they get Lotus Juice back, the the rapper for Persona 3 in particular, and and Summon 4? Uh, but do they get him back like they did for Persona 4 Dancing All Night? That would be interesting to see him come back since he was absent in 5. Uh, but of course, you're going to have Shoji Maguro and all those guest composers, uh, or more arrangers actually, kind of putting their remix spin on some of those those titles. So not only that, you know, so Q and two dancing games, uh, very surprising. Also, you know, big on the Persona front, you have Persona 5, the animation announced. And that's big for those who don't want to go through such a long RPG, but get through the story. I know quite a few people who experienced Persona 4, the animation, when that anime 
was it whether it was just you know aired in Japan or when it had its dub and that that's big for getting the story across for those who don't want to pour all the time into the RPG as much as I'd like to recommend that game that's you know it's still holding true as my favorite game of 2017 so far Persona 5 uh, but your big news I'm I wish I could have seen it live but I'll tell you that Wi-Fi where I was something dreadful I, I can't I'm really, I'm really glad to be back here and and broadcasting live on, on our discord channel and all that so missed that for sure other couple small uh, headlines here uh, GameStop will be open on Thanksgiving Day as part of its Black Friday plans now for the last few years GameStop has you know taken a stand and say you know we don't want to you know do that to our employees we believe in you know, having the family get together on Thanksgiving and that's kind of where I stand with it. Uh, I, I don't like the idea of opening at 6 p.m. just to get the Black Friday deals going. If you want to do 10 p.m., uh, you know, I think maybe 9 p.m. at the earliest because, you know, people have their dinner and they're, they're sitting there with their turkey comas, at least in the United States on Thanksgiving. You know, I think 9 p.m. would maybe 8, maybe 8. Like that would be like a, a stretch. But do that but when you're talking about retailers opening at 6 p.m. as they have for the last couple years uh, I, I don't like that idea though if you know people don't have families to go to if people want to work on those holiday uh, you know, days maybe for some extra pay or whatever I, I guess that's up to them but it's gonna be interesting to see you know over time like maybe the push to online Black Friday shopping will that be such an impact I get GameStop's rationale at least in that you know they're, they're trying to hold out and in a way maybe do the right thing in a sense but if you keep doing that as all these other retailers move up and up and keep going on thanksgiving night uh to start those black friday sales you're going to miss out on sales you're going to miss out on market share and i'm pretty sure that would be the rationale of they can say you know we've listened to our customers we listen to our employees but that would probably be the real reason why they're actually doing this is to actually get those sales that otherwise would be missed from staying closed. Unfortunate, but I you know, guess that's the way it is. And if you want to just you know stick true and you know do some online shopping, whether it's that Black Friday weekend or Cyber Monday, I'll, that's what I'll do. So you know stick with that there, I guess. And finally, NBA Live 2018 will feature WNBA teams and rosters uh, for the very first time. Now, NBA Live, of course, the EA offering. The lesser of the two games in the NBA basketball market. Obviously, NBA 2K eats its lunch, has done so for the last several years. One of the elite premier games in the sports game genre. However, you know, NBA Live's trying to make a comeback this year. They had an attempt a couple years ago. Didn't go so well. Remember, that was Kyrie Irving doing, doing the dribble on stage uh, at E3 that one year. They tried NBA Elite before. I want to say that was back in 2011. And that got canceled. So... NBA Live is trying to maybe take a piece of that NBA pie, uh, but I found this particularly interesting because the WNBA has been around for quite some time. I want to say 1996, the league's been around for, and it's never had any video game representation. Uh, so, you know, kudos really to NBA Live for getting the NBA involved in a video game product. I think it'll be very interesting to see people's reaction to this, if that helps sales at all. Uh, I'll be particularly interested to see how the game is represented because uh, these these two leagues are very different watches on TV. Uh, so you know, does the gameplay styles get altered if you're playing a WNBA game between two teams? Are you able to somehow mix and match because that would 
be unusual, I think, to see. Um, I, I think it's a great announcement to kind of bring interest to what would otherwise possibly be a snoozer of a game in NBA Live, and you know, hopefully, they can get that product out there this year. But otherwise, uh, you know, it's I think it's more going to be interesting to see how they work the WNBA into that game and try to make it seem separate. But you know, you know I guess that's really the the issue. Like, how separate do they keep the NBA and WNBA experiences? But kudos to EA. Uh, well done for getting that involved because it's it's about time, really. Let's get to our main topic, though. Uh, I had an episode several episodes ago. I'm trying. I might have an episode 21, something like that, where uh, I had a segment on the main topic where we talked about the best game soundtracks since 2013. What are the game soundtracks from this console generation so far? The top 10 best, in my opinion. And I wanted to kind of continue that generally on slower news weeks, and boy, wouldn't this week count for that. Uh, so. Let's go back another console generation. So this is the the Wii, the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3. We're looking from 2006 to 2013. Uh, top 10 game soundtracks, in my opinion. I'll play a few samplings, and I guess we'll go from there. And you get to call in and contribute any more that you think would be fitting on that list. So let's get to it. Number 10, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Number nine, Bayonetta. Number eight, Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. Number seven, Mass Effect 2.
Number six, journey. Number five, near. Number four, Super Mario Galaxy. Number three, Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance. Number two, The Last of Us. Number one, what I think is the best game soundtrack of that generation from 2006 to 2013, 
Xenoblade Chronicles. So yes, a lot of great soundtracks. I mean, so many that that just missed the cut. And I would love to hear which ones you think are worthy. So when we come back, we will get to the callers. What do you have to say? We can talk about whatever's in the headline roundup, the games you're playing recently, uh, you know, even those top 10 game soundtracks that you just had to listen to or what is missing from that list. We'd love to hear what you have to say. That's all when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. Looking forward to what you have to say. It's uh, it's a shorter week, I think. Uh, just not much news going on, but we're going to persevere on nonetheless. So let's get to the callers. Joining us from Illinois, Video Game Guru 64 Welcome back to the Power Switch. Nice to be back. Thank you for calling in. Uh, what would you like to talk about today? Uh, I would like to talk about Splatoon 2 uh, Splatfest that happened uh, yesterday. It did, and, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's the first uh, public one, you know, the after the game's launched, because they had, what, the cake and ice cream? That was the sort of test run, but now it was, uh, it was ketchup and mayonnaise, right? Yes. I was team ketchup, and we didn't win, mm. sad to say. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't, have, was... I don't have Splatoon 2, uh, and, uh, you know, cake and ice cream. Uh, to me, like, uh, ice cream, no-brainer, right? So yeah, I, I, I don't cream. know... What I would pick, I, I think I would, I, I really enjoy both probably evenly, but I think I'd, I'd go with mayo probably. Yeah, I kind of didn't like either, but I, I feel like I would have liked ketchup more. So that's why I chose team ketchup. Mm-hmm. So. Now mayo won, didn't it? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. And I, it was interesting. I saw like a screenshot of the final results, but like ketchup crushed it was it was like 79 21 something like that for the vote one and 29 i think okay okay well how does that work then i mean because i that it seems so overwhelming okay so um the way it works in splatoon 2 it looked differently in splatoon 1 because they only had two stats to go off of but i i feel like splatoon 2 has three stats to go off of so that that makes it better hmm. but uh the way it works in splatoon 2 is uh voting uh how, how well the single player people did and uh team player so how how well you worked in the team and uh you won in the team okay all right so three stats and you know the breakdowns there that makes sense you know break some ties okay so yeah i guess yeah that makes sense with how mayo won overall um, yeah, because more people are good at uh, Splatoon 2, voted for Team Mayo. Mm-hmm. And that's how the thing 
is breaking down. And that's technically how the uh, voting was breaking down in Splatoon 1, because, uh, like, if you wanted to be on the winning side, you would have to pick the least popular choice. Mm, well, okay. the least choice that you uh, wanted to win. So, yeah. Yeah, but those uh, those playing statistics, those were those are very close. So I, it's good to see it at least competitive there. Uh, and I found it interesting that, you know, seeing people with different screenshots of the gameplay that the ink was, you know, red and that kind of off-white color as if they were that, that actually being amazing. sprayed. Yeah. I, I didn't know that was going to happen. Mm. And that was amazing. <laughs> it certainly makes for some uh, some messy environments, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, some people are saying like, "Oh, it's still blood just being sprayed everywhere." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, downloaded the uh, the Nintendo Online app, and I uh, saw uh, my rankings on there on Splatoon two, and I uh, won the uh, six, and I lost. Uh, it was pretty close. Hmm. Oh well, that, that's interesting. I mean. With the uh, the voice chat and all, did you use that at all? Because I remember you were didn't have much experience when we talked about when the the app launched. Like how has how so, is using it so, changed? So I used it once, and that was uh, just to uh, if you ever heard of uh, the uh, Nintendo Dads podcast, hmm. uh, Zach Erickson. I, I'm friends with him on the Nintendo Switch, and I. Uh, talk together in uh salmon one and we uh were uh fumbling about <laughs> and that but yeah you don't have to use a headphone jack and everything you have to uh, use your phone hmm. it seems fine i don't know why people are up in arms about the headphones and the jack on your a switch in the yeah, I just I just really hope that Nintendo does patch the whole, you know, the multitasking app or you got to, you know, keep your phone unlocked and all that. Uh, I mean, assume that was the case that you had to just keep it unlocked at all times. Well, there wasn't a huge uh, amount of time where I wasn't using the phone, so it didn't uh, go to lock mode mm-hmm. or something. Uh, and, and if it ever did go to lock mode, I would just uh, wipe it, but it's still kind of bad, and I I really feel like Nintendo should uh, try to uh, m- maybe they should partner up with uh, Discord. Maybe they should. Yeah. Use that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that would be that would be definitely a good idea. Well, I you know yeah. Nintendo has been kind of on the ball with trying to correct some of their their hardware issues. They had the issue pop up with the the battery. You know, some people had issues with the the reading out of the battery percentage, and they just you know put a, a patch out that seemed to mostly fix that. So I'm sure they're they're watching and they're trying to come up with some sort of solution. Now I wanted to ask you about uh, you mentioned Salmon Run in particular. Uh, from an outsider's perspective, the timing of when that mode seems to be active is a very baffling thing from the outside. I, I think it makes little to no sense. Uh, you know, why not just have bots if you want to do some sort of horde mode horde mord sort of kind of a gameplay mechanic there you know you mentioned you got to play it what do you make of the time blocks that that mode is only active in i 
feel like the time box, uh, I, w- I want to say conditioning you to uh, make time for, uh, actually, I think it's active right now, but uh, when you um, look at uh, Salmon 1 and see that it's active, and you and you just want to play Splatoon for a little bit, and like, should I do Salmon 1, or should I just do Torfors? Salmon 1 gets me more rewards. Torfor gets me more points. Let's do t- Salmon 1. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that is that is interesting. I, I think it's just if they had some way to offer that, it'd be more of a, I guess, a full game package uh, instead of just you know breaking it up by time slots. Especially when I, I was just in a place where Wi-Fi was just not a possibility at all. And if I yeah, had Splatoon yeah. 2 there, like maybe I would have wanted to play that mode, but I would said have no possibility. Granted, the no Wi-Fi thing is kind of an outlier situation, but still. Yeah. Well. Uh- did you have another switch that you can connect to? Because then you could probably... The only thing you could do w- would be single player. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I guess, you know, local, if that's a, a mode that would have worked, that could have been a possibility. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing pretty decent things about the single player. So, I mean, that's good. I'm. It's That's one of the games where I'm tempted that, you know, if it comes in a rental form, I, I would love to play it. Uh, now, granted, with a cartridge, it would be a better experience that when I had a Splatoon come to the house and the, the disc was faulty. But uh, no, I'm I'm interested to give it a try, but uh, it's it's not on on the purchase bit just yet. And yeah, these next couple months are going to be crazy for games, so that's very exciting. All right, well, Video Game Guru sixty four, thank you for calling in. Anything you'd like to plug? There's a uh, it's a charity marathon stream for. Um the name of the channel uh, on Twitch is called Fund a Charity Room. There's uh, a bunch of uh, YouTube groups that are doing a marathon of uh, platformers. Hmm. So, like, through uh, when uh, Sonic Mania releases, uh, they're doing uh, platformer games. Okay, cool. They have the last uh, game is Sonic Mania. Yeah, so Brings it right in there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very exciting when that yeah. game comes up for sure. Uh, I know we're, we're both looking forward to it, I'm sure. And uh, it'll yeah. be, uh, yep. be very, very exciting. Well, Video Game Guru 64, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate the time. You have a great night. All right, guys, thanks for calling in. Appreciate the time. When we come back here on the Power Switch, we'll talk about this month in games, with it being August 2017. Lots to talk about when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's Tempo Control music is brought to you by Tales of Symphonia. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymes with Asia. Let's get to a new segment now this month in games. We're going to talk about what's currently kind of on that month release docket of the biggest releases in games for the month. This being August 2017. Now, of course, New games can always be announced during the month and saying it's it's coming next week or it's coming in a couple of weeks. But here at the start of the month, we kind of want to get to seeing what the big games are as we break them down with their release dates, their platforms, and a bit of kind of what the game is 
really all about. So we start with August 1st, what's already happened. It's Patapon Remastered on PlayStation 4. Uh, of course, this is another Sony testing the waters on an old IP. Patapon, you had Patapon 1, 2, and 3. This is bringing the first game in 4K. This was kind of in that announcement during PSX with Parappa the Rapper Remastered, Loco Roco, which I, that may still have yet to come out, but Patapon being the other one. Kind of testing the bubble to, to see how many people buy in. Maybe it says, oh, there's a big demand here. Maybe we have to do more. Uh, that's certainly what happened with Crash and the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Uh, lots of sales there. That team is looking at what they can do with the franchise going forward. So maybe that will happen with Patapon as well. That game is already out on PS4. Now on August 2nd, just a few days ago as well, Tacoma. This is the Fulbright game, the team behind Gone Home. Uh, and really great to see them put out this game. This is on PC and Xbox One. I'm sure a PS4 version is going to be eventually in the works, but ever since it was announced, it's kind of more talked as an Xbox console exclusive. Uh, kind of takes place in a a space station looking at kind of holograms and really an emotive narrative story there where you, I guess you could stay still and take in some of the story but if you're going around and exploring you're you're getting more out of out of that story uh very interesting to see what you know that team behind Gone Home and what their next project is. And that's that's Tacoma. That's finally out. Coming up in a couple days on August 8th, we had a few games. Batman The Enemy Within. This is the Telltale Season 2 of Batman The Telltale Series. I'm super excited for this. already have it pre-ordered. Uh, this is for PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. You could either probably go into this, you know, I mean, you'd be missing a lot from season one. I highly recommend season one. It was my top 10 favorite games from last year uh, for Batman the Telltale series. But at least, you know, bring in the save file into season two. The Riddler seems to be prominent, at least in the marketing for this series so far. Very excited to see. And of course, this is just episode one coming out on August 8th, but they'll continue rolling that out every couple months or so for five episodes from Telltale. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is another game. This is from Ninja Theory. So, you know, DMC Devil May Cry, other hack and slash types of games. But Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, what's interesting about this one uh, being a PC and PS4 game, Ninja Theory is really marketing it as, you know, we're trying to do a AAA sort of style game. And the marketing for this has gone back. It's, you know, pretty impressive graphics, all things considered. But they're saying we're doing a discounted price. The game's going to come out for $30. Now, I don't know what that says about the game's overall length or what you're going to get out of it. Uh, but some rumored reviews are that this may be a pretty darn good game. And uh, I think a lot of people will be appealing to, uh, would be really interested rather, to that $30 price point. So very interesting to see what happens with Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice on August 8th. And finally on the 8th, also Lawbreakers on PC and PS4. This is the Cliff Blazinski new team. This is a kind of competitive, epic shooter, uh, like a team-based shooter. I guess in a way it's, they're trying to compare it to like a, a sort of Overwatch game where you have you know class-based shooters, but the idea is it's it's more vertical, it's more fast. Uh, it's You have to watch some of the, the gameplay from E3. Really interesting if that's your kind of game, keep an eye out for Lawbreakers on August 8th. Now, August 15th is a big release day. I mean, at least five notable game titles, one of them being Agents of Mayhem. Agents of Mayhem on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. This is the team from Volition uh, for Saints Row. I guess the idea is that you know it's like a four-player sort of co-op kind of shooter, 
but you play as all four that you get to cycle between these four. And it, it's kind of that over the top saints row like style of action. Um, I feel like the marketing may have been a bit bungled with this game. We'll see what happens when it comes out, but this may be one that kind of flies a bit under the radar, but you know, the, the saints row team has a pretty good pedigree. So maybe keep an eye out for agents of mayhem. You also have Matterfall on PS4. Matterfall is from Housemark. Housemark, a, a very solid, you know, twin stick or side-scrolling shooter studio. That they did Resogun, they did Alienation, uh, you know, and uh, just had a, a game a couple months ago. Next Machina, that was the one. I was gonna say we had Logan just come on, uh, say he reviewed the game, and that was a big standout for him. So Housemark with another game, Matterfall. Uh, we saw that at a E3 or so ago. Uh, finally coming out on PS4. We also have Nidhogg 2 for PC and PS4. Uh, Nidhogg, you may remember, is the kind of jousting game, the 8-bit game. Well, it's, things have been taken up a notch. Uh, it's more of a 16-bit art style. Uh, things have certainly been added to Nidhogg. Keep an eye out for that one on PC and PS4. You have Night Trap, 25th anniversary on PC and PS4 as well. This is the Sega CD game, Night Trap, where you go around a house and look at different camera perspectives and try to catch the killer. Uh, you've probably seen the gameplay footage before, and I think that's going to be the real draw is that not everyone really had a Sega CD, but for the 25th anniversary, putting it on console, putting it on PC, uh, kind of a bit of a remastering there. Kind of see what this game is all about. That should be interesting on August 15th. And as we mentioned in our segment with the callers, Sonic Mania on basically every platform, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, uh, August 15th. This may be the best Sonic game yet if you know early impressions are to be believed. You're talking 2D, you're talking... People who have you know made their own Sonic games and they're so devoted and they know what makes traditional Sonic tick. Gonna be very excited to see what Sonic Mini is all about. And the soundtrack sample so far, uh, top notch. Really, really excited for that one myself. August 22nd, Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Uh, I just went and pre-ordered this game today actually because you know, it's one I'm very excited for. Uh, but I had to tell the sales associate about this game. He's like, there's another Uncharted game coming out? Yeah, this is going to be the single-player DLC to Uncharted 4. They they worked with the game a little more. They kept building it. And now, sure enough, it's it's more than that. It's going to be a $40 release. It's more than just you know DLC. It's going to be its own game, uh, its own Uncharted quality. This is Chloe Frazier and... Nadine Ross as the protagonists here. So uh, I have loved what I've seen so far. Uh, Uncharted 4 at Thief's End was my favorite game last year in 2016. I'm ready for more Uncharted, especially if it's at the solid pedigree that Naughty Dog is just known for. Takes place in India. I'm, I'm so down on PS4, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy on the 22nd. August 25th, you have Madden NFL 18 for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. This year's big installment, it's its interesting how we haven't really seen any of the main football gameplay uh, so far, you know, highly advertised. The big hit at E3, of course, during the EA Play conference was the single player uh, sort of campaign like they did with FIFA. You're getting a single player in Madden. Uh, I'd be interested to try it. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. That may be a rental, though. I'm, it's been a while since I played a Madden game. I want to say at least... 2012 was the last one I actually at least you know gave a try. So it's been a little while, but I do want to give it a shot. At least for the single player, maybe what draws me back in. 
August 29th, Ark Survival Evolved comes to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Of course, the game's been in early access on Steam for quite some time. This is the final release where you've got guns, you've got dinosaurs. What more could you possibly want in an open world uh, sort of environment? Uh, go nuts, Ark Survival Evolved. Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle comes to Nintendo Switch on the 29th. Uh, we saw that. That was a big standout at E3. Not only a, a surprise to actually see it be real, but to see that XCOM-like sort of gameplay where it's very tactical but with that Mario and Rabbids feel to it. Uh, it you know won a lot of awards at E3 and a big surprise for quality. We'll see when the reviews come in, but you know keep an eye on that one for Nintendo Switch and you know this month's big release for that platform. Windjammers on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. Uh, this is the Neo Geo game where it's it's almost like Pong in a way but with frisbees and you're trying to you know have power shots, whether you're faking these power shots, you're bouncing it off walls or, you know, shooting directly into the net. Think, yeah. Think of it as like neon Frisbee pong on steroids. It's, it's got a, it's got a cult following, especially in the giant bomb community. Uh, but you know, keep an eye out on wind jammers. That'll be probably, I think a $15 release that watch some gameplay of that one. That should probably be pretty exciting. And then you have Yakuza Kiwami on PS4. This is the remake of the first Yakuza game. Uh, you know, Yakuza 0 doing big things this year for that franchise. So, uh, again, another budget price game, I think. I want to say it's like a $30 or $40 game for, for Yakuza Kiwami. Um, keep an eye on that one. You know, a big year for Yakuza in the United States, where it's kind of more of a niche following, but boosted this year, I would say for sure. Uh, keep an eye on that. And then finally, August 31st, Life is Strange Before the Storm on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Again, an episodic installment, three episodes, first episode comes out on the 31st. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with the story of Chloe Price and Rachel Amber kind of set before the main Life is Strange game, uh, though the big notable uh, exception with this one is that Ashley Birch is not returning as Chloe Price because of the voice actor strike. And it's kind of the first notable example of that video game voice actor strike really making a big hit and a big difference. Now, granted, Ashley Birch, a, a talented writer, you know, working with Anthony, her her brother on Hash, What You Plan, that ran as a, a web series for years. So she's at least there as a writing consultant role to kind of influence and provide, you know, some background to this new voice actress for Chloe Price. And I guess it makes a little sense. You know, she's a little younger, but it shouldn't be that different, I'd hope. Big fan of Life is Strange. Uh, was in my top three, at least, in, in 2015. I want to say at least top five. Uh, I was really, really pleased with that game. So I'm going to be very interested to see, uh, you know, what Before the Storm does. So, if you're looking at what games I am going to put money down on in August, so I guess my standouts, uh, Batman the Enemy Within, I'd say Sonic Mania, Uncharted The Last Legacy, The Lost Legacy, rather, <laughs> and uh, Life is Strange. So four games. It's a big month. Uh, you got a lot of people talking about, you know, is our game studios trying to look at August now as a possible month to release their games to get out of that huge fall glut uh, of games. And it's going to keep getting better and better as 2017 possibly one of the best years of games for all time really uh as it continues so keep an eye out on that we'll try to have these segments you know at the start of each month going forward i think it's it'd be informative to kind of see what's what's on the horizon 
And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. And you can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, and as we continue to grow as a podcast, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard. If you want a YouTube video to watch this week, I found a story that was really interesting of a concept of a game that early testing is maybe coming later this month. Check it out in the show notes. It's called Comedy Night, and it's coming to Steam, and it's, it's billing itself as an idea where you get to connect to a, a small room in a way where people can watch and listen and view, but you'll have a performer who is essentially trying to give stand-up comedy. They're live with, with a microphone, and then the people watching can kind of, you know, interact or you know, hackle or, or cheer or you know, give thumbs up, things like that. I think it's a, an interesting way to try to maybe you know, test stand-up comedy material. Now, this is someone as, you know, I listen to a lot of stand-up comedy. I try to, you know, watch new Netflix specials or or channels on Spotify or Pandora. Uh, so I'm really interested, not necessarily just to participate. I don't think I have any stand-up bits ready or anything like that, but uh, to show the concept of a game and the, the potential there. I mean, if it takes off, could you imagine what could be done in virtual reality? Maybe. Uh, I, I'm just really curious by the concept of the game. So it's comedy night. Uh, and it's coming to Steam. You'll find their their Facebook page, at least, that has the video there. I'm not sure if it's necessarily on YouTube, but it really caught my eye as a video to watch and just to see the potential for games going forward and what could be. Anyway, uh, we're going to really try sticking to this time, Sunday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you know, hopefully the... The repetition helps people know that we're recording at this time. We'll get some more guests going. I want to get Max Roberts also from Model Citizens Media on the show. Uh, I have a couple other ideas for guests, but I'd like to get them all involved. Uh, you know, Bring more people into the fold and get them talking about their experiences with games and their favorite games. I'd, I'd really like to do that. So stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops. And whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spasia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.